May 15th, 2013. Episode 11, Greed, Ambition, and Innovation. As always, welcome, and hopefully welcome back. Also, if this is the first time that you've ever heard me, and you like what you hear, make sure to go by the website at mad-yet.blogspot.com. There, you'll be able to find simple and easy links to our material on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and on iTunes. Now let's go see what I had to say in my new article. To start off, I want to say thanks to everybody who continues to check in. I know that I post sporadically at best, but when I have something to say, I want to make sure it gets out there, and you people have supported that. Thank you. Secondly, on the top of our homepage, you'll now notice a news section. I've had a lot of people asking me where I'm getting my news and what news I'm looking at. Now you can see exactly what I'm looking at. On top of that, you'll also see the precious metals prices, so that you can see it when they manipulate it every day. And with all that being said, let's have a little talk. A talk about ambition and greed, and how they can be harnessed. I'm going to ask you some questions, ones that you wouldn't expect to be so important. But in all actuality, they're vital. Vital to everything you've ever been taught, everything you will ever teach, and everything you will ever share with anyone else. They are questions that shape and mold the world you live in, and you probably never thought very hard about them. What questions are those? Here goes. 1. How does greed and ambition help you? 2. How does greed and ambition harm you? You should know the differences and how they can change your entire life. At the top of my article, you're going to notice a YouTube video. It's a YouTube video about ambition by Jim Rohn. I highly encourage you watch it and at least take in what he has to say. But be forewarned, it's over six hours. So uh, make sure you get a cup of coffee before you jump into that. Now let's move on. In America, it's drilled into your head by this administration that greed is bad over and over. We're told by this administration how evil businesses are and how anyone that has more money than you is your enemy. This is divisive, and it's meant to instigate arguments and split society yet again, in my opinion. In all reality, the word greed was buried, twisted, and replaced for the word ambition by the powers that be, because they hate ambition. They don't want you to have any ambition. Quietly, yet all too apparently to me, your books, your culture, and seemingly your world has slowly and methodically been changed. Your perception of greed was replaced with a steaming hatred for ambitious people, with foresight and vision. This type of foresight and vision propelled this country from nothing to a substantial world power in less than a hundred years. Foresight and vision that allowed the people from meager beginnings to take charge of their own lives and nation and bring prosperity to their families and friends. This is called liberty, and it's something they're taking from you, one right at a time. Successful people that believe in ambition and liberty are targets of the current administration because they hold the money and the power that the federal government believes it should have. Money they want to give to their friends and supporters to crush any opposition that stands in the way of the socialist, parasitic policies that you see being implemented on a daily basis in America today. Policies that steal your ability to have any real ambition or opportunity. The federal government wants every dime and every last ounce of information they can get from you because it steals the power of liberty from you. 
It steals your money and your ability to create from you. It prevents you from having any real ambitions. They do this so that you can never have any power to stand up against the almighty monstrosity called the federal government. Don't believe me? Try taking a look at the recent IRS scandal that is exploding like a firestorm burning through a fuel depot in Washington right now. Now, ask yourself, why should you hate success? Simple. You're taught to hate and taunt successful people. You're indoctrinated with the thought that no one should have more than you and that everyone should have the same options in life. Options your government would be happy to dictate to you if you allow it to. A socialist mindset if I ever heard one. You're taught that anyone that has more than you is somehow inherently evil. Social justice methodologies adopted by socialists, Marxists, and communists use this divisiveness inherent in the confusion they create to spread their teachings to susceptible young minds so they can accomplish their goals in the future. Here's a quote that may put some of these things into perspective for you. It's from Abraham Lincoln. People are just as happy as they make up their mind to be. Funny, hearing those words from such a divisive president in our own country's history. A certain recent president mirrors the same type of malcontent Mr. Lincoln met with from its own citizenry. You guessed it, Obama. The visceral and burning hatred you see from Mr. Obama is due to his socialist policies, and his attempts to sidestep Congress by repeatedly using executive orders every chance he gets when he runs into resistance. His actions reveal a surprising amount of disrespect for the office and constitution he swore an oath to protect. Such disrespect displays an open hatred for our political system all too well, and it becomes more and more pronounced every day. To Mr. Lincoln's benefit, in hindsight, even to those that disapproved of his actions, knew that he not only knew what he wanted, he found ways to make those things happen. He was a person that got things done, even if by distasteful means, according to some. He had ambition, and no one can ever say otherwise about the man. It was his legacy. Now, take a moment and focus on this. Think for a minute. Detach yourself from everything you were ever taught, everything that you've ever had drilled into your brain over and over again since you were in kindergarten. Ask yourself, how do successful people hurt you? How does a hard-working person having more than you hurt you? Then ask yourself, what socialism is? Ask yourself, if you take away someone else's wealth and give it to others that didn't work for it, what is the incentive for anyone to achieve anything? What Mr. Lincoln was trying to explain was that you make up your own future. Today's socialist framework that has and continues to be cemented into place promises to make everything fair only because it takes away your ability to achieve, dream, and attain great things for yourself. Its real objective is not to make things more fair, but to take your ambition to achieve away, whether directly or indirectly, the end result is the same. The end result is servitude to a federal government. If no one has more than you, it means everyone has the same. No one is different in this reality. Imagine a bag of M&Ms or Skittles that were all the same color. No diversity is what socialists spread. 
which is funny since liberals preach diversity, all the while pushing socialism and communist ideologies. Ask yourself, how far communism is behind the sleeping socialist agenda that you see currently being cemented in the United States? How long until you are told what you can have and not have? Does that sound like a system that you want to live under? Does that sound like a system you want your children living under? Still disagree? How would you want a better vehicle, bigger house, or larger paycheck if you didn't know there was something better? If you refuse to come to the reality that these things take ambition, then please stop listening. Because no one can help you. The socialist diatribe and rhetoric that you have been inundated with has infected the logic centers in your brain and you are incapable of understanding anything that I or anyone else will ever tell you. Moving on. Observations. Your grandparents and great-grandparents grew up in a nation that underwent heavy and overwhelming change. Industries popped up overnight, literally out of nowhere because of innovations that made new opportunities available. Jobs were prevalent. Iron workers, steel workers, drivers, doctors, lawyers, real estate agents, contractors, plumbers, and whatever kind of job you could think of, they were everywhere. Jobs were everywhere because large, successful businesses had tons of jobs to offer due to innovative people that were motivated to succeed. Their success created jobs, and these jobs gave everyone a semblance of independence, put food on the table, and made fat and strong the ones underfed and weak. Why? Simple. Jobs. Jobs that ambitious men created. With willpower, foresight, and an adamant desire to succeed, they did just that. And along the way, countless billions of people benefited as well. Let me give you some examples if you don't believe me. Let's try Bill Gates, creator of Microsoft and the Windows operating system. If you don't know what that is, you've been under a rock the last 20 years. Henry Ford creator of Ford. Look around. I'll bet you see a car sometime today. Steve Jobs, creator of the iPod and Apple Inc. Look around for 20 minutes in public. I guarantee you it won't take you that long to find somebody with an iPod strapped to their goddamn head. Orville and Wilbur Wright, creator of the airplane. This one speaks for itself, folks. Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon.com, in all his liberal glory. Percy Spencer, creator of the microwave. When's the last time you had some popcorn? Willis Carrier, creator of air conditioning. If it's hotter than 90 degrees outside, you need to be thanking this man. Andy Rubin, co-founder of the Android operating system. Bet you can't walk around long without seeing one of those things in somebody's hand. Emil Berliner, creator of the disc record phonograph. This led to modern-day speakers. Enjoy a song lately? Philo Farnsworth, inventor of the first TV. Enjoy a television show lately? Or how about Jean Joseph Etienne Lenore? This man created the internal combustion engine. You don't see any horse and buggies outside anymore, do you? And God bless this next man, James Puckle, creator of the first machine gun. See the Puckle Gun for reference. And lastly, for this list at least, Marvin Cameras, creator of the magnetic recording. Some would say this led directly to modern-day electronic recording, possibly even the hard drive in your computer. I would hope these examples would give you an insight 
into how a few solitary, industrious, intelligent, and willful people can revolutionize a community, a city, a nation, and even the entire world. Imagine the first person to create an interplanetary commercial vessel. That person would change the galaxy and the future of mankind as a whole. These people were successful, and the legacy of their achievements cements their place in history. They had ambition because they were awarded with merit, money, and status for their achievements when they created something useful and innovative. Because of their creations, uncounted billions of people benefited from jobs, time saved, and other mutual, beneficial, and tangible items that were created because of their innovation, creativity, and sheer determination to succeed. I won't go into how certain men on this list are awash in conspiracy and the reasons why they did what they did with the money and the power that they gathered after they gathered it. My goal isn't to justify their actions after they became obscenely rich or powerful. It's only to show that innovators, like these men, make change happen. It's also to point out that without these types of innovators, we will continue to stay in a stagnant and declining economy. The United States Marines have a saying, adapt and overcome. Of all the things I ever learned in the Marines, this was the singular lesson that stuck with me. Don't get comfortable and always find a way to get things done no matter what the obstacle. That's the goal. The men above embody this type of mentality. Now, let's take a closer look at the difference between greed and ambition. The definition of greed is an intense and selfish desire for something, especially wealth, power, or food. The definition of ambition is the strong desire to do or achieve something typically requiring determination and hard work. There are two different kinds of greed and ambition as Mr. Roan explained in the video earlier towards the top of this article. The first is parasitic greed and ambition. And the second is the legitimate greed and ambition. The parasitic takes from others and gives to one person or entity. The legitimate is cyclical, ever-growing, and benefits everyone. Our goal should be to remove the parasitic and infuse, encourage, and support the legitimate. This single, solitary, and divisive issue drives a wedge between all of us, and hardly anyone knows it. Here's an excerpt from Poor Richard's Almanac by Ben Franklin. Diligence is the mother of good luck. Mr. Franklin had three principles of ambition. One, happiness doesn't come from big pieces of great success, but from small advantages hammered out day by day. The second is life is plastic, meaning you have the ability to mold your life into whatever you want. And the third, success is a pleasure. If you aren't enjoying what you're doing, you can't be successful. Essentially, these things can be broken down by simply saying that greed is someone wanting something or taking something that they don't own in an unjust manner. These people are impatient and unwilling to do the work necessary to achieve their goals. Taking something that doesn't belong to them isn't beyond justification for a greedy person or entity, like governments. They need money, so they tax you, taking what they want. They offer punitive punishments if they don't get what they want. Don't believe me? Try not paying your taxes. See if that works out for you.
The men I spoke of above were ambitious, and their inventions created prosperity for countless others. I don't see ambition like this as greedy if you look at the true definition of the word greed. You can't possibly blame these men for wanting to achieve their goals. The determination to succeed was the spark that led to new jobs, industries, and future innovations, built on their hard work, creations, and success. I don't have a problem with ambition, and you shouldn't either. We as a society should have a problem with parasitic entities and crooks, whose main goal is to take things from those who worked hard for them, while not producing anything of any real value. These people take things that don't belong to them without working for it. Banks, politicians, governments. These are just a few examples of this. They produce nothing of substance, and they add no value to society. They take. Banks charge you interest to get a loan. Governments tax you and put you in jail and police you. Politicians lie to you and create laws that reduce your ability to be free, taking your liberties from you. Creators and innovators are a dying breed. There is no incentive for them to create today. No person in their right mind wants to create an industry, work their ass off, missing valuable family time and losing money hand over fist to governments, taxes, and government regulations. They have no reason to try and succeed. Obamacare, higher taxes, inflation, socialist policies, and even regulations on new and old industries quash incentive and put us in a precarious position as a society. We, as a nation, need jobs now, not tomorrow. We don't have these jobs because, as a population, we have no reason to innovate. Innovators, businessmen, and regular people are not going to work for nothing. They have no incentive to do so. So, until taxes are lowered or removed, inflation is dealt with, socialist policies are removed and regulations lifted, we will see no improvement in our economy or our nation. Oh yeah, and here's a little secret for all you liberals. People don't want to create jobs because Obamacare has hamstrung job creators. Business owners don't want to hire because it invites lawsuits, liabilities, and federal regulations that stand in the way of putting their books in the black. On top of that, neither business owners or employees that are lucky enough to have a job don't want to put money in the banks, bonds, or stocks because of the Cyprus incident. It showed them what governments are capable of when they get desperate. This is all quantified by the fear that if they have money invested somewhere, the value of that money is decreasing every single second because of unilateral unlimited printing by the Fed. Your politicians won't and can't save you. They don't have any incentive to. They don't fear you. They don't fear you because they say jump and you say how high. The democratic process is being manipulated by big business through lobbyists. The only thing they fear is losing out to another fat cat politician for those plump kickbacks from big business lobbyists. They don't fear you because you have no goals, no ambition, and no way to achieve those things. It was taken away. They control your goals, force you to achieve their goals, and encourage everyone to be part of a federal control system that only benefits them, and they know it. Is this what you want for yourself? your neighbors, your family, or can you dream of something better? I can. Now, on to comparisons. I once heard a comedian make a statement that changed my perception of large intimidating men once. 
He stated that if a large, intimidating man was the youngest child in the family, that they would be twitchy and jumpy. Because they always got picked on as a kid. I then made the correlation between citizens and its government. American citizens have been beaten down, had their rights and liberties taken so many times, and told to be fearful of a terrorist behind every door, that they're jumpy and twitchy and willing to do whatever they're told, as long as they are promised safety. This led me to the conclusion that we, as a citizenry, are akin to an abused child. The states are playing the role of the child that is revolting now, and recent actions by many states passing legislation nullifying federal gun regulations has resulted in threats from the federal government trying to remain in control of the situation. A recent letter from Eric Holder, U.S. Attorney General, to Kansas Governor Sam Brownback for approving SB 102, states that the federal government is threatening legal action to any state trying to nullify federal powers, or anyone trying to prevent federal agents, thugs, from functioning in any capacity they are ordered to. This is a direct threat to states' rights, and is a pure, unadulterated example of the bully scenario I described above. Kind of funny, considering their vow to get rid of bullying. And the federal government is playing the role superbly. Now, after you take all that in, why don't you chew on this? Eric Holder took months to investigate the renowned Fast and Furious scandal. But when sovereign states decide to make laws nullifying federal power, he scribed and sent a letter to the governor of Kansas in less than 24 hours. Now, let that sink in and start making comparisons to the federal government and bullies who don't get their way. As it pertains to the gun issue alone, states other than Kansas are quickly adopting legislation nullifying federal powers in this area, and the feds hate it. I salute any state that adopts this type of legislation, and any citizen that recognizes their ability to stand up against this beast called the federal government. The comparisons are astounding and eye-opening. We need less government and more innovators more willing people to stand up against anyone in the way of their prosperity. It's that simple. With this episode winding down, I'm going to leave you with a quote from someone you may have heard of. A man that wasn't on my list, but a man that almost everyone's heard of in one way or another. He's the publisher of Forbes magazine and has an estimated net worth of $430 million. A man that's probably going to know a few things about how an economy is supposed to work. I heard him once quoted as saying the following, As our federal government has grown too large and too powerful, the real loss has been the freedom of people to govern their own lives and participate fully in the American dream. Steve Forbes If we as a nation continue accepting socialism and mediocrity, then you will never be able to dream about having pockets as deep as this man does. The government will have it all, and you'll be left with nothing but memories of how you could have stopped it. Try explaining that to your grandchildren someday. In closing, I want to say thanks for supporting my ramblings. Make sure to share, like, comment about what you liked or didn't like about the article. And uh, definitely thanks to the SGT Report for getting my stuff out there. See you next time.